Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. I'm sure you've heard the news that student loans are approaching a trillion dollars, but it may surprise you to know that even parents with resources to fund college still lack long-term plans. And that's according to Leg Mason Intergenerational Survey on College Finances that was just released July 31st of 2012. Joining us today is John Kenny, head of Leg Mason Global Asset Allocation, to discuss the findings of their survey and what you might want to do to start planning for your kids' or grandkids' college education. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me today, Jim and Tony. It's great having you, and as a parent who has a couple kids in college right now, I know Tony's facing that in a couple years, and I think you mentioned just before we started that you have a son that just started college, so it's a subject that's near and dear to our heart, is Lake Mason just recently did an intergenerational survey on college finances and shows parents, even with all the news today, are still lacking a plan. I looked at your survey and it showed that over 80% of parents are planning on or already are using current income. And I can speak for myself because we had saved up some money for college, but it certainly wasn't enough to pay for their kids' college education. And then 50% will withdraw from savings or other non-qualified investment accounts that weren't necessarily earmarked specifically for college. What are you finding as a long-term impact that's going to be happening when they fund from these types of sources? I think it's a terrific question, and I'm with you. We just did send our oldest off to his freshman year, and we've got three more behind there. So this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart here and certainly to everybody else out there with college-aged children and, frankly, with children at all. I think that when you look at the impact of funding from whether it is withdrawing from savings or current income or other non-qualified investment accounts, first and foremost, there's a short-term impact, which is parents are foregoing the opportunity to compound their savings on a tax advantage basis through 529 plans. So the big implication there for me and for others is that you've got to deal with the headwinds of after-tax returns versus tax advantage returns. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, when you're funding from current income and, frankly, non-qualified investment accounts, you have the potential to impact your retirement savings. The college expense is a four-year funding liability per child, while retirement is hopefully a 25-year liability. So redirecting investment savings is really not a winning long-term strategy there, and that's a big concern for us. You certainly touch on an important fact, which is tax efficiency, of course, when we talk to clients all day long, especially if they are, as your survey, kind of focused on the affluent, which we should define that, by the way. The survey focused on families that have investable assets of at least 250000 or more. Is that correct? Correct. The survey, uh, the Intergenerational Survey of College Finances Among Affluent Americans, was actually the title of the survey. We surveyed a little over 1,000 Americans with over 250,000 in investable assets. That was segmented into three main populations, survey respondents who are planning to send their children to college, survey respondents who have children who are under 40 and have already graduated, and then survey respondents who currently have children in college. Oh, I appreciate that because that helps kind of put in perspective today as we go through this that subset of people should be somewhat tax sensitive and be looking for as many tax efficient ways to save as possible. And if they're using current income, of course, they miss that opportunity to save in that 529, like you mentioned, on a tax advantage basis. 
And so let's talk about, I guess, why do you find or why have you found in the survey, why are so many parents not really putting a strategic plan in place to save for college? The survey tells us that parents all have good intentions. The failure to adopt and implement a long-term strategic plan is really driven by a couple of different things. The first is underestimating the total college expense. Parents routinely underestimate what that total expense is going to be. The second is starting the savings process too late. We all know that the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time, right? And the earlier you start eating that college savings elephant, the better, so that savings process gets started too late. The ineffective use of the appropriate investment vehicles, i.e. failure to use a 529 plan. And then the biggie for us, and this is one of the things that we're trying to change through communicating about the survey here, is the inadequate guidance from financial advisors. 77% of the time when a respondent said that they've had a conversation about college savings with their financial advisor, the client themselves has brought up that discussion. So only 23% of the time has an advisor brought up that discussion. So when you look at, Jim and Tony, your real wealth financial planning process where you go through life discovery and life and wealth strategy and then real wealth plan and then finally life management and kind of go through that whole circular real wealth financial planning process, In that discovery process, something has to take place. A conversation has to take place and questions have to take place about what are you thinking about as far as your children and college education? How are you planning for that? How are you saving for that? And walking people through that. So we think that's where one of the big misses really is. What's so important, we believe, in working with your advisor because there's such a myriad of choices they have with retirement accounts, the ability to draw money out on a tax advantage basis for college savings. But you have this wonderful tool of the 529, and I know Legs Mason has their Scholar's Choice 529 that's done through advisors. Did your survey look at how much of a role that financial planners are playing in helping the parents plan for college? I know you said there's a big disconnect there with the planners not bringing it up, but I know there's a lot of factors involved In using a 529, there's a lot of flexibility, but you also got to make sure you understand what the rules are and how to take advantage of those tax advantages that are there. Sure. Approximately 67% of the survey respondents work directly with a financial advisor. That's the great news, right? So that when you go out and you survey this universe of those with 250,000 in investable assets or greater, 67% of them are already using a financial advisor. That's great. They're looking for help. They need the help. They want the help, and they're taking advantage of the opportunity to work with a financial advisor. That's the first step, and that is great news. Again, the issue here is that, unfortunately, only 23% of the respondents indicated that their financial advisors spoke with them about college savings and 529 plans. So that's kind of where that big disconnect is. We all, as financial advisors, everybody wants to work on the 401k. Everyone wants to talk about the IRA. Let's just make sure that we add that third thing in there and make sure that we ask the questions regarding college savings. Their children include college savings as part of the wealth planning process. Do us a favor, again, as advisors, because obviously there's a segment out there that are lacking bringing this up. So just give us all a little counsel for a second. What are some of the red flags that would alert a financial advisor that their clients need help coming up with a college savings plan? To me, the biggest red flag is the fact that the client has children. That's the biggie. If you have a client who has children, or frankly, a client who may have grandchildren even, maybe it's something where we acknowledge at the beginning the cost of college education and how much that has risen. When you look at the big financial picture and you look at the different financial liabilities that a client may have, i.e. long-term liabilities like retirement or 
frankly, the cost of their housing, and then the other biggie ends up being college education. So that three-legged stool, we just want to make sure that we bring that one up. With Tony and I, we do bring up 529s with our clients. And I got to say, I've never really done a survey. I don't know if your survey did it all or not. But it seems to me that for every parent I have doing a 529, I probably have four grandparents setting it up for their grandkids. Did your survey touch on that at all, or did they just focus on the parents? The survey certainly did indicate that parents look to grandparents for participation in the college savings process. I don't have the numbers in front of me here, but you know, certainly there are grandparents participating in the college savings process. And that's, I think, huge. Of course, many times they have the money. <laughs> we also, in our comprehensive process, we assist families with estate planning. And so often the parents just leave their wealth to the next generation. Of course, if they pass in their 80s, they leave it to their kids in their 60s, and they just kind of add it to the stack. When that next generation could use it for college funding, for establishing their lifestyle, for starting a business, buying a home. So more and more grandparents are saying, how do I incorporate the grandkids? Well, it doesn't have to be at death. It can also be during life. And 529s allow incredible amounts of gifting and transition. And to do this on a tax-advantage basis and get it out of the grandparents' estate, there's just huge planning opportunities. Of course, we can go on forever for that. John, I have to ask, your survey had showed that 36% of parents with kids who've already graduated used a 529 plan to help pay for college. But 79% of those parents who are still in the planning phases say that they will use a 529. So it seems that 529 plans are really growing in popularity, but do you really think that they're being used to their fullest potential? If you look at the recent data from Financial Research Corp, for example, which is an organization that does a lot of research in the 529 world, total 529 assets are somewhere around, call it plus or minus $160 billion, and net quarterly sales of approximately $2.5 billion in the second quarter of 2012. That's actually flat to second quarter of 2011, and a bit below, call it a $2.9 billion quarterly average over the last two years. So I would call growth from an asset perspective to be relatively stagnant. The good news is, though, industry-wide, we're actually seeing 529 account openings increase over the last 12 months. So we are seeing more accounts opened. And I think it's when you look at the press, it's hard now to open up the paper and not see something on a weekly basis about the cost of college. 529 plans, the student loan issues, all those types of things are certainly, I think, awakening the marketplace to the importance of saving for college and 529s. John, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's continue this conversation because I think we're providing everyone some incredibly valuable information, and your survey has done a great justice for people to really understand that they're not alone, and they should, of course, seek out advice from their advisors. So please stay tuned. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and Registered Investment Advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. 
If you want more information on this program from your Real Wealth Professional, just click the More Information button so they know to contact you. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with John Kenny, who's the head of Lake Mason Global Asset Allocation, and we're discussing the 2012 Intergenerational Survey of College Finances, and we're really highlighting the lack of advanced planning among affluent Americans for their children's college education. I found it interesting in that 62% of the responding parents had paid for over half of their own college expenses, but only 25% think their kids should pay the same amount. Do you think saving for college is becoming a bigger priority for parents compared to even, let's say, 10 years ago? I don't know that college savings is necessarily a bigger priority than it was 10 years ago. But we certainly believe that based upon our survey, parents are clearly using the college financing issue as an opportunity to teach children about finances, including the importance of proper saving, investment behavior, and frankly, the impact of carrying excessive debt. So I do think that parents are using the college savings process and paying for college as a great opportunity to sit down with their kids and really talk about financing and talk about how finances work and frankly, the value of the education itself. I gotta say, from my own perspective, with a couple kids in college, I know one thing. I think parents might be looking for help from the colleges or the student loan program to help those kids understand what that means. But I think they're really ill-equipped. It's so easy for kids to get loans these days, and I know with my own kids, being a parent, they don't really necessarily always want to listen to your advice. I made my kids go through a little exercise before we signed on the dotted line to co-sign on student loans, what that repayment schedule meant and what that was going to do for their lifestyle. I think a big part of this idea that it's so easy to get money and people don't think of the consequences of paying it back, and I've just recently heard the student loan debt is exceeding currently a trillion dollars. It's a pretty scary time. Yeah, student loan debt is, call it plus or minus, around a trillion dollars, and some of the consequences of that Obviously, we're seeing that as kids come out of school, and how do I afford to start my life on my own when I have this big looming payment over the top of my head? And student loan debt is a gift that doesn't go away, right? It just continues on infinitum. So it is a big issue. This is really the first time when kids are going off to school is one of the major expense items that parents actually sit down and discuss with their children. In some cases, it is the 17, 18-year-old, 19-year-old's first experience with really finances of that kind of scale. So it is important to have those conversations and to understand what the total impact of whether it is a mix of debt, scholarship, and cash out of pocket, or hopefully having the money saved within a 529 plan. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, as uh, planners for years, the theme was always, well, there's the two greatest purchases you make in life are a house and a car. But actually, if you think about it, the greatest investment you make is in your education to set a path for your career so that you can afford those things we just mentioned. So it's definitely a conversation worthy of having. Yeah, I found it interesting. You mentioned 529s have $160 billion in assets, but then Jim just mentioned and you confirmed that we have this approaching bubble of debt of over a trillion dollars. So it's kind of interesting how imbalanced we are clearly saved versus using debt to fund this. We mentioned in the beginning of the show you surveyed people with investable assets of over 250000 but 71% of those with children in college and 61% of those still planning to send their kids to college said they could afford to save 500 bucks a month for college expenses, yet people are still falling short of those goals. So why do you think it's happening? 
That's a really interesting question, isn't it? I think we may have found the answer in the survey, as 38% of the respondents actually indicated that they didn't know how much to save for college. And I think this is where the financial advisor can really be a big help. We have a college savings calculator at the Scholars Choice website, which is actually www.scholars-choice.com. And that can actually help the advisor to determine an appropriate savings rate. And you can really use that to take a look at what is our view on college costs, investment returns, et cetera. So back to that old comment about eating an elephant in small bites. Actually, at $500 a month, if you start in the child's first year, start saving on their first birthday, and if you assume tuition, room, and board at an in-state public education is $25,000 today, and you earn an investment rate of 1% in excess of the college inflation rate, you'll cover that at $500 a month. The problem is if you wait until the age of seven, your monthly savings rate jumps to $639 a month. So you've got to start early. The earlier you start, the lower your savings rate's going to be. Another thing that's worked well with some of the families that I've worked with, I actually have family meetings. I encourage the parents to bring their kids in so that they have an understanding of what it takes. I did something with my kids and That was when they worked, I had them put part of their money into a college savings account. And if they were gifted money, a lot of times people don't know what to shop for. Well, we took that money and put in a college savings account. So if a family gets together and creates these accounts, let's face it, how many times are the aunts and uncles or grandparents, they don't know what to get little Johnny or little Susie because every toy they have in the world, they can't imagine what other toys they can get them. And if they get them something, a week later they forget about them. But what better gift can you make than the gift of a college education that's going to set their whole career and their ability to earn money, as Tony talked about earlier? I think as a family you get together, instead of thinking you got to burden this all on your own shoulders, a whole family can make light work of saving for that college if everybody's kind of pitching in a little bit for that child. No question. John, I've got to ask, we're big believers sometimes in people having skin in the games. When I counsel clients, of course, and the young person sitting there, I don't think sometimes that the parents should just roll out the red carpet and pay for everything for the kids because sometimes they may not appreciate exactly what's being done for them. And I found in your survey that 72% said they thought their kids should pay at least a portion of their college expenses. So what are the reasons for that? Well, you just said it, right? Skin in the game. In some way, shape, or form, not only 72% of the respondents said that they should pay some portion of their college expenses, but 97% of the 72%. So 72% of the people said, you know what, kids need to pitch in. 97% of them felt that the reason why they should would help the child appreciate the cost and take their college experience more seriously, and that actually doing so will help the child take some responsibility. This is not a four-year vacation, right? This is not Club Med. This is a very expensive operation to send a child to college, and it's an extraordinary opportunity that needs to be taken advantage of. So parents who are or children are actually paying for some portion of their college education, they feel that actually doing so helps the child take some responsibility and, like you said, have some skin in the game. I'm living it right now with a couple kids in college, and for the first couple of years, they really didn't appreciate my hardline stance on how I was going to have them pitch in toward their college savings, and they complained a lot, but now that they're getting close to graduation, they're starting to share some appreciation for the fact 
that having that skin in a game made them value that education a little bit more and apply themselves more. I just think back to when I went to college, you could just handpick out all the students who were getting a full ride from their parents or other sources because they were the ones that enjoyed most of the parties and weren't really investing in their own education the way everybody else has because it was so easy for them. Then you look at the ones paying their own way, and they're the ones that never went out. They had two, three jobs, part-time jobs, worked full-time in the summer. Those were the ones that seemed to come out of college running instead of stumbling into trying to find a career path to start. So I think it goes a long ways beyond just the education part. It sets the tone and gets them prepared when they hit the real world. When a child leaves home, moves off to college, they're taking a lot of responsibility. They're living on their own for the first time, and frankly, financing this is part of that. Let's talk about before they go to college and just kind of gearing them up for the education process. I talk to my kids now. I'm at an advantage, of course, being a financial advisor, that I better be having conversations about money with my kids. And we actually started pretty early with something I call earn, tax, share, save, spend. Of course, when they were really young, their earnings were basically in the form of doing chores around the house and paying them a small fee for that. But we started to educate them on you earn money, but of course you first have to understand how taxation works and what taxes do and who they go to and what you get for it. So we, of course, slice off a percentage for taxes. So if they earned a dollar, we'd take off 15 or 20% for taxes. Now, at this age, I'm their government, so that comes back to me, their Uncle Sam. Then we talk about share. That's the next. It's important sharing with their church and charities that are important to them that I establish with them now, giving is an important fact of life and sharing your successes. So, of course, I have to set aside a percentage for that. Then, of course, there's saving, and saving is for college education and things like that. And the final component is spend, and there's a fraction left of those earnings for that, which they, of course, get to do at their discretion. But I'm guessing America doesn't spend that much time having these kind of detailed conversations. Did your survey find, John, that more parents are discussing finances with their kids before they go to college today? There's no question. Actually, 92% of respondents discuss college expenses with their children. So no question that they are using this as an opportunity to sit down and talk finances with their children. In a lot of cases, again, it's the first time that children are having this level of exposure to this degree of finance. And now as I listen to your story about earn, tax, share, and spend, I'm wondering, is it too late to go back and tax my children? Because that sounds like a great idea. But again, 92% of respondents discuss college expenses with their children. One final question, John, and that is, what are some of the most common things parents are finding themselves doing when they didn't do all this preparing and all of a sudden, oops, my kid is going to college this fall, what do we do? What are some of the steps they find themselves doing to make that gap up? Well, a couple of different things. Obviously, children work, parents dip into retirement savings, they give up things like vacations, they push back major purchases. So all of the above and then some. Parents inherently want what is best for their children. So when it comes to college savings, a bit more planning and frankly, a bit more help from their financial advisors, that should help them reach their goals. So the big message for us out of this survey is financial advisors have an opportunity to help their clients. And frankly, it's an enormous opportunity for the client and it's an enormous opportunity for the financial advisor because as a financial advisor, I can certainly help with the entire wealth picture 
for the client, and from the client's perspective, you need to be in a position to take advantage of tax advantage savings, tax advantage compounding, and frankly, to plan for that big expense down the road. That's a great conversation that should be inspirational for people, but in case it's not, let's pull out of that drawer that final thing that you can say to people that have heard today's show, get started. Plus, don't go it alone. And also, if you would, John, share with us the tools that you have available. You mentioned on your website as far as planning for college savings. So help our listeners get inspired to go talk to their financial advisor today. What's that one line or that 30-second speech that you can give them to say, hey, wake up, it's time to plan? Start now. That's cool. Start that's like now. That's almost a Nike, no? Start now. <laughs> we do have a college savings calculator. It's at the Scholars Choice website. It's www.scholars-choice.com. Com, and that college savings calculator will help you. It's very intuitive. There's really about three inputs you have to put in there. The age of the child, the starting cost of the education, and essentially a rate of return and rate of college inflation. And you can just take a look at that. You can have your financial advisor help you with it if need be. It is very simple. It's very intuitive. And that'll help you very quickly decide, am I saving enough here on a monthly basis? Or do I need to build to a bigger number? Or am I in a position today to save that bigger number. Let's face it, everybody's circumstance is different. It's never too late or never too soon to start planning for this. So the bottom line is just reach out for help and don't go it alone. This has been a great conversation today. Look forward to bringing you back as a future guest. Greatly appreciate it. Jim and Tony, certainly appreciate the opportunity and thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks for joining us this week and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your Real Wealth Advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and have a wonderful week.